Greetings, friend. Do you wish to look as happy as me? Well, you've got the power inside you right now. So use it and send $1 to Happy Dude, 742 Evergreen Terrace, Springfield. Don't delay. Eternal happiness is just a dollar away. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we are here to review Lisa's date with Density. I am Dando. I am Mitch. Not Destiny. I, for I reckon, a good majority of my life I've thought this episode was called Lisa's Date with Destiny. Uh, you wouldn't be the only one because I reckon I've seen it online as such. Yeah, I, and Lisa's Date with Destiny still kind of fits the story. Uh, well, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, there's no real Destiny aspect to it. That Like, the only... Date with Destiny is obviously the actual phrase, and Date with Density is what makes mm. it a joke. If it was Date with Destiny, then it's probably one of the more bland titles that they'd ever come up with. Well, speaking of bland, this episode, it's not terrible, but it's just not much to it. It's very formulaic. It's just bad boy turns good story, and it just mm-hmm. transpires exactly how every other one of these versions of the story transpires. It's just, you know, he's bad, he's bad girl, good girl thinks she can turn him, he turns good for a little while, and then goes back to his old ways. It's just... Mm-hmm. No, there was nothing for this for this for a Simpsons episode. It was kind of basic, don't you think? Yeah, I said this when we were recording last week. Obviously, that I hadn't watched this one in a while. That I was less excited about going back to it, and I was wondering how I would receive the episode. And I watched it, and my largest takeaway was, yeah, and that's probably why I wasn't super excited about it. I think that there's just a lot less really funny high notes and. Obviously, I'm on record as saying I've, I've got no issue with the Lisa episode and I've got no issue with episodes that are more about feelings than laughter. But the balance was just not quite there. There wasn't really enough to keep you chuckling the whole way through. Like, the whole way through. There was just a, a lot of scenes where I had no real belly laugh. The only real laughter, besides a couple of moments that I'll get to in a, in a, in a bit, was the only real laughter came from Homer's story. And that was the good thing about this was I completely forgot mm. about the autodialer. Oh, as in, forgot about it being in this episode, obviously. In this episode, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is the like it, it is the high note, which is a little bit of a shame that the B storyline is probably better than the A storyline. But it, Homer, I guess Homer and Skinner are really the ones that are actually providing comedy through this. I, I had said how I'd be worried that I didn't, I wouldn't find Nelson very funny, and that very much rang true. Um, apart from maybe the who's and the noozle. That was one moment where I laughed at Nelson, but for the most part, any time Nelson was on, I was just like, I'm not interested in you as a character or as a person, and I'm not really interested in the character change either. Like, I was interested enough in watching Lisa go through these feelings of being a, of having a crush for the first time, having it not be the person she would expect it to be, and how she goes about dealing with that. I think that that element of it was all really good. There's just not enough in the Nelson character, though, for the other side of that coin to be compelling yeah i can understand why they wanted to try new things i mean it's season eight now you want to try and focus on some of the the side characters flesh them out a bit more and they do flesh out nelson a little bit here where they sort of make you realize why he is the way he is he's got a pretty shit home life they've they've Mm -hmm. mentioned it but you've never really you've never been to his house you've never seen that he actually you know has to go home to nobody and he's just he has to look after himself so you can see why he sort of is that bad boy and he has got that troubled sort of i don't know aspect to him but still there's just 
like I think I always go back to like the Otto ca- the Otto episode. There's just not enough to the character to flesh out an entire episode. It does. Josh Weinstein has called this one of the most real episodes, commenting that yeah. every this I'm reading this from Wikipedia, commenting that every character in the episode acts like a real person throughout. And I will give credit for that, but perhaps that's not what you want in a Simpsons episode for it to for it to really stand out. You, the Simpsons are kind of. I think at their best, they're hyper real rather than just real. Maybe they sort of tried to make it feel more real because of the subject matter. Because it was a young girl yeah. going through her first crush, that it didn't want it to be too absurd. Yeah, but you get to have the absurdity come from around that. Again, that's like I don't, I, I wouldn't want anything to be different about how Lisa is in this. But I would have just liked, I don't know, so some of the other elements to be a bit, just a bit funnier. Is all I was really looking for outside of what was happening. Do you know who I think was one of the funniest, if not the funniest character in this episode, besides Homer's side story, was Milhouse. Milhouse really kept the, the the story flowing. You reckon? Yeah, I, I just love my well, my favorite moment from the episode is the guess who likes you. That cutaway to yeah. him with the blood trickling out of his nose is classic. Yeah, but I just I feel I feel like Milhouse is the butt of the jokes of of the laugh. He he's the one who gets the laughs in this episode in the Lisa story. He, yeah, he- nobody likes Milhouse. Guess who likes you? And at the end, you first, you, you got any ideas for your next crush? And he jumps up into the air. Like in the Lisa story, I, the only time I really laughed was when Milhouse was on the screen. Got to nick something. Gets a little bit of a chuckle from me. I will give credit. Yeah, to okay. Yeah, I'll but give no, you that. I, I, I'll give you that, that Milhouse keeps the laughs going. I, I don't know that he keeps the story going. I don't think he really has much to do with the story at all. But that was the only reason I questioned it. I guess I could say kept my interest in the story because it gotcha. kept me entertained. Yeah, okay. Otherwise, it'd be too boring because there's just not enough to... Uh, Lisa, she's a great emotional character, but when a story's like this, if there's no laughter, it just gets a bit boring. Well, I guess that's one thing that they didn't do with her is they mind the emotional aspect of falling for someone that you wouldn't necessarily think you would but they didn't really push it for laughs in any way, shape, or form. Like, there was no moment of, uh, say, embarrassment. And I don't mean, like, you make the Lisa the butt of a joke, but she's a little girl having a crush for the first time. Like, there's going to be moments about that that could have been maybe some byplay between her and her parents or something, like, you know, a little bit of gentle teasing or something along those lines. Or that she tries to say something to sound cool and something completely different comes out. Like, all of those really relatable things that everyone goes through and everyone does for their first, you know, one or two dates with, like, ever, or, you know, in, in some cases, all the way through to marriage when um, when your wife claims that one night you uh, called her the wrong name. Did you? Or is, like, is this a story we need to elaborate on? <laughs> Supposedly I did. I don't remember it. <laughs> really? What was the name? Was it like Ross and Rachel at like the wedding uh, where you called Emma Rachel? <laughs> no, it wasn't quite that bad. Um, <laughs> look, like I said, I don't believe that this actually happened, but Ash is pretty convinced that once I called her Sarah. Uh, oh, hang on. No, not Sarah. Sorry. Um, Steph. I'm going to call Ash Steph next time I see her. My, uh, my grandfather accidentally called her Sarah once, and that was very funny. <laughs> oh, and she went with it, didn't she? I think you've told that story, actually. Um, no, it was. It, it, she didn't go with it. It was just, um, yeah, no, Mitch. Sarah? Zash? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Play on. <laughs> get, get, getting back to um to Lisa. Watching this, did you at any point kind of feel that this was a bit much for a story with an eight-year-old and a ten-year-old? Uh, like going on a date on top of the hill by themselves at night time? 
yeah okay i suppose that's probably a bit unrealistic it's more likely to be um yeah come over and play in the house yeah under adult supervision that, 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 <laughs> yeah that, that that part where he came and visited her house that that felt real but when they're out, yeah. out on a date looking at the stars and stuff i was like they're eight years old and 10 come on yeah i didn't think about it but yes when you when you put that in the cold light of day yes counselor that is probably a bit of a stretch <laughs> and like nelson's like knocking on the the window at God knows what time in the morning, and Lisa's like bailing him out and taking him up to the top of the hill. Like they're eight. <laughs> yeah, you know um, what? You what I just reminded myself of. Then the uh, in Australia, there's a royal commission that's been going on into the conduct of banks, and they've now moved into the conduct of insurance companies, particular in particular life and funeral insurance and all those sorts of things. And there was a, a great bit of dialogue from a guy who was on the stand today, who's obviously the CEO or you know fairly high up manager. And the what it actually was is irrelevant, but there was a bit of policy. Oh, it was a policy about downselling. Uh, you know, you try to cancel a policy, and rather than just say, "Okay, you don't need the policy anymore," I try to sell you a, a lesser policy to try to keep you as a customer of any variety. Um, when asked if that was still the policy of the company, the the boss man has basically gone, um, "I don't know if it's still in the manual, but I can assure you, if it is, we'll be getting rid of it." <laughs> <That> <laughs> just the ultimate bit of oh shit i haven't done my research <laughs> yes <laughs> i cannot confirm or deny that it yeah, is in there yeah and that's exactly what i was just there it was just um well i hadn't thought about the fact that they're eight and ten but yes i wouldn't allow it <laughs> is that going to affect your job at all no god no no not at all no because no. you're not in a bank anymore are you well i am in a bank i'm just in a different bank but it's not It'll affect it, but not in any real way, if that makes sense. Um, You're not going to prison. No. You're not going to be doing live broadcasts from a prison in the future. Yeah? <laughs> Johnny Cash style. Yeah. <laughs> no. Just you in a in an orange jumpsuit. People would watch that, surely. Uh, I would have thought, yeah. No, I just basically need to document a lot. <laughs> that, that's, all, that's the only change to my life. With Lisa's state of density, you know what it did to me? It highlighted just how... I guess you could say inconsistent the character of Nelson is. Mm. Because one, it was just two episodes ago, he was hanging out with Bart and Milhouse. And this episode is at Bart's house and Bart screams in fear saying, Nelson's in our house, we've got to get away from here. Yeah. We were hanging out with him two episodes ago. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly right. And it, I did think of you when that happened. I was like, oh, that's, that's what Dando hates. Yes. <laughs> did you think of me too when you saw Kearney in the car? Oh, uh, yeah. Although I like that joke. Yeah, I, that's what I was saying last week, That or was it the week before, whatever. It was, the jokes are funny, but just the, the, the concept of it all bothers me, which yeah. I guess it's, that's that's the catch-22. It's like, what we kind of have both ways. It's either you don't like it or you find it funny, but I guess, mm. I don't know. It bothers me, but it shouldn't. So, have we discussed the, the auto-dialer story and what we thought of the actual story of him with the auto-dialer? Because I think it's hilarious. Yeah, it is hilarious. Like the actual, I mean, the story, the, the as far as where the plot goes is slightly irrelevant. It's more that it's just mined for comedy. Like every time the autodialer is in a scene, I'm laughing. Yes, exactly. I, I think it's it's it'd be one of my favourite Homer size stories, but my other favourite is also in an episode where the other Simpsons child, Bart, has the crush on his next door neighbour and it's Homer with the all you can eat. I think... What the Simpsons writers do a good job of is if the story's a bit boring, they always always find something good for Homer to do that sort of balances things yeah. out a little bit. I'd like to know where that in particular came from. Like, I guess it... 
just what was the inspiration that they hit upon that story for this episode? The auto dialer. I'm not too yeah. sure. It's it's kind of eerie in the sense that they didn't predict. This isn't me saying they predicted anything, but it still reigns true today. Where now it's just telemarketers calling you from a random number that and, and what they do is they don't make their number private anymore they just make their number known so you, you look at it and you're like oh well must be somebody trying to call me and you answer it and you're like oh you know what they uh, often do is actually clone a number so like they get on a thing and as you said yeah it comes up looking like an actual number but chances are that number does belong to somebody and i say that because it happened to me two weeks ago where suddenly on a saturday afternoon I got like 20 phone calls from numbers that I didn't have saved and they were all telling me that they'd missed a phone call from me. Um, and ultimately one guy had actually answered the call and he gave me a call back going, Hey, just so you know, I just got a call from this number from someone claiming to be a personal injury law specialist, uh, about a car crash that I haven't been in. Man, that's scary. (laughs) It's scary, but I had a chuckle to myself going, if only all those people knew whose number they really had. (laughs) <laughs> you would think that. <laughs> oh, man. What do, you, do you think Millhouse gets unfairly treated in this? Because in the earlier years, and even like last week, well, actually, Millhouse didn't really have much to do in the episode last week, even though his name was in the title. But still, Millhouse, he's, he's been a loser up until this point. He's been the Bart's little sidekick that, you know, nothing ever seems to really go right for him. Mm. In later years, once Mike Scully took over and from then onwards, he gets treated really badly where it's just it's just derogatory it's just putting him down i think we're starting to see elements of that here and i looked it up it actually kind of made sense because this was written by mike scully yeah okay um well i guess millhouse is by by mike or you know there'd be a number of writers that they just you'll need a comedy pratfall guy a guy that you can whack over the back of a head with a two by four and not feel any sympathy for and that kind of works with millhouse like he's just that kind of indestructible you can kick him while he's down and he still gets up and smiles nothing ever feels overly real with what he goes through you do feel sympathy for the kid because he's just all he does is he loves lisa and he's doing all he can but the thing is he's just such a loser you know it's it's just like you just feel like sticking your hands into the tv and saying wake up you blithering idiot blithering idiot what are you burns (laughs) oh it's one of my favorite terms blithering idiot (laughs) what uh what was your favorite moment of the episode uh, well, my original favourite moment I had to change because I realised that, or well, I read that it was Matt Groening's, one of his favourite lines, and it's the paramedic, and it's mostly in the delivery of, he can't hear you now. <laughs> we've, packed, yes. we've packed his ears with gauze. Um, so I think instead, it's got to go to Homer, just with his, will you two shut up? People are trying to sleep. My two favourite moments were the guess who likes you moment and the Flanders answering the phone moment. <laughs> exactly the same. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that, that moment is just... What I love is, is Maud putting her foot down to Ned. <laughs> I also do love the, uh, the follow-up joke afterwards with the... Did you plug the phone back in? Yes. <laughs> it could be my mother. <laughs> there are a couple of... Besides the story, there are a few things about this episode that shouldn't have bothered me but they did it was just there was a little bit of animation that wasn't quite there so for example when homer is putting the sprinkles on the uh on the donut you see his hand in the air and there's nothing coming out of it so you can see that it, like, it looks like he's putting nothing on the donut uh there's another moment where lisa she's going to pick up her microscope because you know when nelson has to apologize to all the kids in the uh, auditorium she picks up a microscope she walks over to him he she says he says something to her and then it cuts back to her and she's not holding the microscope anymore. 
just little things like that. It's like I don't normally they wouldn't make those mistakes, but they, there seems like to be a lot of them in this episode. The other thing I don't like is when they're saying Lisa likes Millhouse. They have all the kids say it, and then one of the kids who was saying Lisa likes Millhouse would then go, "She does not." It, mm. like, it just looked wrong. Like like Uda says, Janie likes Millhouse, and then he and then straight after that it cuts to him saying, "She does not." Yeah. Like, wh- why would they animate that kid saying that in the first place and then cut to them saying the opposite? Um, hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, there's no reason. Like, it's just, I don't know, just, it's yeah. little things, but I don't know, normally, the sim- it just, they seem glaring in this episode. Maybe you should jump on Twitter and post that and then we can get another 56 articles about the glaring <laughs> mistake that no one had noticed until now. Except when they point out in the audio commentary from 2003 or something. <laughs> Pain in the ass news fucking think cycle that was. If if there's anyone, I don't know if you journalists listen to this, but can you please fix the news from the inside out that just because something is trending on Twitter doesn't mean that you all need to do an article about this thing, like that no one noticed. No, I can promise you they did. They're professionals. They look at the show. We noticed and we didn't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like, and you see websites like Triple M putting a website about it. It's like, you have nothing to do with The Simpsons. Why are you doing an article about this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you could pick You could pick five from any episode. Yes, there's always mistakes, but I, I think that's a good idea. I think maybe we should make a Twitter, Simpsons Animation Errors. <laughs> no, I don't want to... I've never been a fan of calling out errors largely. No, like, yeah, I know. They, they happen in movies, they happen in TV, they happen in everything. Like, it's, it's just... It's, it just happens, but I feel like you're focusing on the wrong things if that's what you're getting caught up in. Sometimes, though, it's hard to ignore plot holes, I guess you could say. Storyline plot holes can, are, can, are a different thing. But if it's like, oh, my God, that person put the cup on the left-hand side of the coffee table and now it's on the right. I hope someone got fired. Like, fuck off. If it's a, ca- if it's a case of, hang on a second, you know, if... Uh, ha- well, well, no, you know what? Even plot holes, largely, I can go along with. Like, the timeline in the Marvel Universe is completely fucked. But I don't care because they're all exciting movies and that's fine. <laughs> what was your new name for the episode, Mitch? Um, I continued running with my Shakespearean theme and uh, I had I had two, actually. Uh, there was Months Ado About Nothing and The Taming of the Dudes. Mm-hmm. Not bad. Thank you. We turn to our patrons as we always do. I had uh, Beauty and the Bully. Beauty and the Bully. Yeah, not too bad. Um, a lot of people sent through musical ones, so... Um, I believe in a thing called love, but with like believe spelled bully hyphen ve. <laughs> okay, because, uh, look, because we're doing this over Skype, all I can do is hear this. So mm. I'm like, okay, so you've just quoted the darkness. I don't get the <laughs> reference here. Yeah, <laughs> um, David uh, Hamish Abbott's, uh, Abbott Smith. He even instructs here to be sung. I don't want to wait <laughs> for my guy to be bolder. <laughs> now the only issue with that is that. It's not like months is. Oh, hang on. Maybe that's. Is that a reference to Millhouse? Millhouse isn't bold enough. Could be what it is. Um, Gavin Lang. Gavin Lang. Months bitten twice shy. Um, Sean. I'm going to withhold the last name just in case here because of what he follows up with. Months upon a time. I just spent 15 minutes of government time thinking really hard, and that's all I've got. <laughs> so... <laughs> That makes it so much better. We paid for him to do that. Yeah. Our tax money. Hard at work. Yes. Uh, to all the bullies I've loved before from Neil Parks. Yeah, That's bad. very good. Oh, and uh, another another musical one. When I know 
hurt loves a bully. Uh, that one. They came all have to be from, sung. <laughs> yeah, they do have to be sung. Uh, that one came in from Chelsea Searle. Well, some good uh, some good entries there from our patrons this week. Mm. Oh, um, M- Mark Burgess. Sorry, Mark Burgess sneaking in with the last one. Auto dial N for Nelson. Well, thank you all for your entries. Now, Mitch, trivia. What have you got for me this week? Uh, I have three questions as. Uh, Always, Dando, where is a Twizzler possibly considered a sprinkle? Oh, shit. No idea. Shangri-La. Shangri-La. Damn it. I was trying to hear a poo in my head. I couldn't quite get it. <laughs> How many years in prison will Jimmy the Scumbag spend for the autodialer scheme? 20? 20 years, correct. What did Nelson steal from Mrs. Krabappel? Uh Laramie cigarettes. Was indeed a packet of Laramies. Well done. What was Lisa's... Punishment. What was she writing on the chalkboard? What was the line? Oh, um, I don't actually know. I will not be a snickerpuss. Ah, yeah. Um, I actually did like the meta. I actually did like the meta gag there where she says, "Uh, I don't know how Bart does this every week." Yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, my final question: What was the original purpose of the auto dialer? To inform school kids about like snow days or something. Yes. Well done. I like that the auto dialer had noble intentions. Yes, yeah, and I, I kind of feel like when Frank makes it wheel off, it, it becomes alive at that moment. Like it's mm. trying to get home, you know. <laughs> yeah, and Homer just pulls his legs off. You're like, oh, poor thing. <laughs> All right, I got a couple more for you. Uh, what was the model of the auto dialer? Uh, no idea. At five thousand. What was Frank's phone number? Did you notice by any chance? Negative. Five 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 seven eight two. And finally, how many times did it get Wiggum out of the bath? Seven. 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 <laughs> Alrighty, Mitch, is there anything else you would like to mention to the listeners before we get into our full review of Lisa's Date with Density? Uh, well, yeah, what I will say, listeners in Geelong, uh, I have been invited to speak at the Humans in Geelong Expo, which is in October. I want to say the 12th or 13th or something like that. Um, somewhere, somewhere mid-October. Dates will be coming. But if you're around Geelong and you want to hear me chat about what it takes to write a book and wrangle words out of your head, uh, you can pop along to that. I I don't know if it's costs or free or anything along those lines. I'm awful with details. I plan on writing the speech the day before. How'd that all come about? I know the person that was running it. <laughs> and I invited <laughs> myself. I'm just like, I haven't seen anything about this. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, so the original air date was December 15th, 1996. The couch gag, no chalkboard gag, not many of them these days. The couch gag was the rooms upside down, and once the family all sit on the couch, they all fall to the floor, or they fall to the roof, I guess you could say. Is that right? They fall mm-hmm. to the roof? Uh, yes. Yes. So the episode kicks off with Chalmers yelling at Skinner. In this scene here, does Skinner remind you of kind of like an abused wife, or just an abused partner, I guess you could say? Because it's not always just the woman who's abused. Um, just the thought of Chalmers being in the room just sends chills down his spine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that That's taken a, a, on a really sinister angle, actually. But yes, I I can see a lot of that. And I, the fact that Chalmers plays up to it as well. Yeah, like he's, it's like he's just a, a cat playing with a mouse. He gets enjoyment out of seeing mm. Skinner struggle and panic. It's, like, it's not very nice at all. <laughs> yeah, getting paranoid. Uh, Chalmers is just, yeah, like you said, just being a dick to Skinner, basically. But he's... He wants to show him his new car. Now, this is a side of Chalmers that we've yet to see in the series. He's let his guard down. Up to this point, he's just been the, you know, the strict 
boss, the superintendent. But now, I love the, the line where he's sort of like, but how is he supposed to know it's a Honda? Like, he just becomes a normal person in that moment. Yeah, that's true. It's just the, the 1979 Honda Record. I love um, Skinner's line of, I've always admired car owners. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll be one one day when I pay back mother for all the food. <laughs> yeah, retroactively paying her for all the food he ate as a child. Yes. What he screams out too, it's sort of like a Burns line. It's something like, jumping Caesar's catfish. Or it's like yeah. Colonel Hab- Haberblap. It's something he would say. <laughs> it is something along those lines. I, it, something that made me think, like, how many times... It, it's so often Honda in, in pop culture, whenever you need to derogatorily reference a car. Like, it, I think about in Timothy Oliphant in Gone in 60 Seconds, for whatever reason, one of those lines that... Uh, there's always stuck with me when they're going through the cars that they're stealing and he gives it the, and as you can see, these are not Honda Civics. Like, as soon as I heard that line, I was like, well, I can never drive a Honda Civic ever in my life. (laughs) It's not going to happen. Because your mate Tom would never let you live it down. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, For the same reason, I could never own a Hyundai because Alec Baldwin in Glengarry Glen Ross really rips into them when he's like, um, you know, you know why, pal? Because you drove a Hyundai to get into work. I drove an $80,000 BMW. That's my name. And I'm like, well, Hyundai's off the list. <laughs> that was actually my first car. I had an Excel. You know those little shit cardboard boxes yeah. in cars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cheap for a uni student, though. But they, it's actually funny you mention that because they actually try and steal a H off of a Hyundai. Off of Hyundai, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. And then when they see it, uh-oh, run away. Mm. Homer is then doing the self-serve donut. And when I was watching this, like I said, I forgot the autodialer was in this. I'm thinking, where is this going? I know this has a purpose. And the purpose was just to basically have Homer at the Quickie Mart so we can see the autodialer getting uh, repossessed. But yeah. the whole self-serve donut, I wish they did this in Geelong. It'd be amazing. They used to at Smoggies where you could self-cinnamon you could self dust. Well, I think you could self-dessert. Wasn't it at... um. Uh, or, you can, or you can eat Pizza Hut? Or was that yeah, just the yeah, soft pe- serve? It was just soft serve and put your own toppings in there, yeah. But you can put, put sprinkles and shit like that on top, right? Yeah, you can put whatever you wanted on there. I once tried yeah. to put a meat lovers on there and argued <laughs> that it was part of my all-you-can-eat dessert. Go down like a treat? Uh, it, not with management, but with my taste buds. What's the, what's the difference? I like to eat my main and my dessert at the same time. What yeah, are you going to do about exactly. it? Exactly. I'm just going to pay my five ninety five for unlimited dessert. And looks like we put the kibosh on another two-bit telephone, swindle boys. Frankly, I would have expected better from Jimmy the Scumbag. Yeah. Hey, what's this thing? Huh? Ah, oh, that's an auto-dialer. This bird was using it to pull a telemarketing scam. But instead, he's gonna rot in the slammer for the next 20 years. Bread and water, icy showers, guards whopping your ass around the clock. And the only way out is suicide. Telemarketing, eh? I really love Homer just completely ignoring all of the pra- all of the negatives. <laughs> Telemarketing, eh? So then Skinner is he's basically looking to see who stole the H. Mm-hmm. Now I love the line of he's at home crying <laughs> like a little girl, <laughs> as if you wouldn't laugh like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, that. <laughs> like hmm, come to think of it, it is pretty funny. Now this is there's another bit of animation. I don't know it's not a mistake or anything. It just seems lazy to me was the eggs hit Skinner's face mm. two lots so a full dozen all he has is a handkerchief he wipes his face once and all the egg is gone shells and all yeah true both times yeah but then they're going through all the lockers it, it's this is what I was going to get to before uh, it was 
I know the visual is funny. It's purely why they've done it for the visual. But did they need to bust in, into every locker? I'm sure there was kids that would have just opened them for them. Yeah, you were like, mate, you know, I don't have the H. You, you're more than welcome. <laughs> yeah, just you don't have to bust it open with a crowbar because now they're going to replace every locker. <laughs> I did really like though that it wasn't Bart. Like it sets you up to think Bart's done this. You've, uh, you don't, oh, course, you don't yeah. want to go in there. That was a cool element. Uh, and then the the reveal of Nelson with the fake wall is also done very well. Like when it first opens and it's not there, it is drawn slightly differently. So anyone that's ever played video games would be like, fake wall. There's going to be a level behind that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a Mario game where you can see the, the fake part in the wall. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which game is it? It's where the wall fall it's where the walls fall down on you and you can see which part of the wall it's going to be. Um I think it's just Super Mario three on the SNES. Oh, okay. I was gonna say I think it's a Buster Keaton movie, but that'll work. Well, then they find it in Nelson's eventually. Nice little uh glisten on the H. Yeah. With the sound effect. Yeah. Bing. Lisa is not Lisa is not impressed though, because you know, she's just she's a good girl and he's a bad boy, so they, they don't blend, apparently. And Millhouse at first was in awe of Nelson and then doesn't impress me because whatever Lisa likes is what Milhouse likes. You kind of feel for Milhouse because he just loves Lisa so much, but you just, you, as a viewer, you know he's never going to get her. Well, like, oh, actually, he does get her, but it doesn't count. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, it counted for him. <laughs> like, he still has the memory. Nelson is then forced to apologize. I do like the fact that he has the politeness to say, get bent, ma'am, to Mrs. K. <laughs> Yeah, well, if nothing, he's proper. But it wasn't very nice of him to just kick Lisa in the ass. No, or uh, I mean, what's worse there, the mental anguish or the physical? Yeah, like does getting kicked in the ass hurt more than being told that it sticks out? Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I I wonder that this wouldn't fly on television now. There would there would wouldn't be it? too many complaints if this aired now. I guarantee. Are people that sensitive? Are people that sensitive? Come on, man! It's two thousand and eighteen. Yeah, but with, like, there's so many other things for them to be outraged about. They're not gonna. This isn't a story that's going to last a long time. That a boy teased a girl in a cartoon. Santa Claus isn't allowed to say ho 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 anymore. Are you sure that's true? Are you sure that's not just like you know? One yes, of those- because there's a guy that works in my warehouse who works as a as a mall Santa, and he is he was strictly told last year you cannot say ho ho ho. He's only allowed to say happy holidays. He wasn't even allowed to say Merry Christmas. He had to say Happy Holidays, apparently, he reckons, because Merry Christmas is offensive, because not everyone celebrates Christmas. I don't know how to respond. I don't like it. Nah, neither do I. He goes, all day he was going, Happy Holidays! That's all he could say. He was like, Happy Holidays was their only term. I I don't think that's because anyone has ever complained about it. I think that's because some dickhead in HR is worried someone will complain about it. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's like that in America too. I don't think you can say Merry Christmas in America either. I think it's Happy Holidays. Um, Again, I feel like that's not because of complaints. I feel like that's because of a fear of complaints. I wonder. It'd be interesting to know because surely... People aren't that... I understand that, you know, it's their religious beliefs. They don't celebrate Christmas, but some people do. So, why are those people not yeah, allowed to? Yeah, like, I, I don't... I'm not a Jew, but I'm not going to get upset if I see a dreidel. Like, it's, yeah. you know, celebrate what you like. I got... I, I can't imagine that anyone has seriously gone, oh, my God, I'm a Jehovah's Witness, and I saw it, my child saw Santa Claus. I'm going to write a letter. If you have any input on this, listeners, write in mailbagerfourfingerdiscount.com.au. We want to know, do people actually complain about this or is this, like Mitch said, just HR yeah. scared that somebody is going to complain about it? 
And it must be firsthand. I don't want to see what your slightly racist uncle posted on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) About how they've banned Christmas. Do you reckon HR people, people who work in HR, I'm sure there's some listeners out there who work in HR division of some kind, just sit there all day thinking of, all right, what could people be offended of, offended about? How can we stop this from happening? Yeah, no, I think they sit there all day um, punching themselves in the face and watching videos of kittens being drowned and then they go, what laws can I make around this company to mess people's lives up? Like, that's <laughs> largely what HR does. We just lost all HR listeners. <laughs> yeah, no, they weren't sticking around. This was, You reckon that anyone that works in HR is listening to this? <laughs> like, like, I we would have lost, We would have <laughs> lost them years ago. So Homer's now at home and he's installing the auto dialer. I don't want you to get arrested. I won't. I don't want you swimming to the neighbours. Let me show you how it works. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let me convince you. <laughs> First person he calls is Burns. It's great that they now have the consistency of him saying ahoy ahoy every time he answers the phone. Yeah, that's true. One thing here I did notice that I've never ever noticed before, his feet didn't touch the floor. Yeah, I found I wrote that down as well. I really love that. It just makes him look so tiny. Yeah, I know. Either that or his desk is just enormous and his chair. It, well, it's both. Like he's got a super powerful desk. And a super powerful chair. So that all works perfectly. But he's just a tiny little man. When I was sitting on... I was watching this on the couch. And I'm thinking... Because I was laying down on the on the recline. I'm thinking... Do feet normally touch the floor when you sit on a chair? I had to like think about it for a second. I had to sit up and I was like... Yeah, they, they do. Normally. <laughs> yeah, normally. Depends on the chair. Yes. Like, not, not on my chair. Uh, Homer's phrase of... Telepan handling. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Lisa is then in music class. And she looks out the window. And she sees Nelson... Carrying on because that was that was his punishment. He had to. It was the lowest form of work possible, or something, wasn't it? <laughs> Hanging out, being a, being a groundskeeper. Janitorial work. I'm standing right here. Yes. Take a good look at Adam Nelson. <laughs> this is your future. It's very funny. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Lisa is watching Nelson with Willie. Miss Simpson, do you find something funny about the word tromboner? No, sir. I was laughing at something outside. She was looking at Nelson. Lisa likes Nelson. She does not. Millhouse likes Lisa. He does not. Jamie likes Millhouse. She does not. Uber likes Millhouse. Nobody likes Millhouse. Lisa, you've got detention. So Lisa is then writing on the chalk because she's been sent to detention after school. <laughs> and then Nelson walks over and offers her some advice, doesn't he? Yeah, which is actually... I mean, it makes sense that he would know this, but it's legitimately good mm. advice. It is, yeah. Before using the four chalk. Yeah, uh, yeah, four or five, but whatever it is, it'll you know, yeah get you done a hell of a lot faster. And this is where she realizes, wait a minute, I may have feelings for this guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's what is it? He's like an enigma wrapped in a riddle, wrapped in a vest. That's a play on a line that was said by Winston Churchill. The real line was a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma. Yeah. Which was what? It was his something about Russia or uh, something. I think that was him referring to the situation in Russia, yes. Or Russia as a whole. It was his opinion of Russia at the outbreak of World War Two. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so she realizes that she's got a crush on Nelson Muntz. We come back from commercial and Lisa is telling Milhouse all about it, which is cruel. Because do not tell me that Lisa doesn't realize that, Nel- that Milhouse likes her. Yeah. Um, yeah, she would know. But I think it's that thing of like deliberate ignorance where... You just pretend that it's not real uh, as opposed to addressing it. Have you ever had feelings for a girl when you were younger, obviously, and she knew it, 
but she just dragged you along and you were like, I'm going to join along this ride for a while, but there'll be a point where I'm going to give up. But for, for now, I'm on board. Um, where you knew there was a, you know, you're saying there's a chance. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, there was one one moment. One girl like that for quite a while. Many hours spent on the phone. Um, was her name Sarah? <laughs> no. <laughs> or Steph, whatever. <laughs> no, no, it was neither of those. But I did manage to uh, drag, drag a kiss out of her on her 15th birthday. Oh, how old were you? 21? Which, uh, hey, zing. <laughs> uh, I, I was going to say which her boyfriend was none too pleased about. Up to. <laughs> oh, man. Did she actually have a boyfriend? Or are you just, you know, playing it up like Mitch Grinter likes to do? No, no. That was um, that was far closer to the truth, that story. <laughs> um, Heartbreaker. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't 21. I'll give you that. Um, but, you know, the, uh, the boyfriend... I might be, yeah, no, it was about 15. The boyfriend um, got a very, very shitty birthday present and I got her something very nice and suddenly uh, suddenly she was questioning where she wanted to be in the world. Oh, you were that smug little dude. And you knew all about it too. I bet you knew what he was getting and you're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to one-up this guy. No, I had no idea, but I knew I was a better person than he was, so I thought there was a good chance. <laughs> so, Millhouse has been friend-zoned by Lisa. What does she call him? More of a big sister, isn't it? A big sister, yeah. That's harsh. <laughs> Imagine being called a big sister by yeah. somebody that you had a crush on. He goes with it. What are big sisters for? It, oh, why did I say that? <laughs> but she asked Milhouse to deliver the note for her. Yep. And Guess who likes this, you. This, this cutaway, it's Milhouse's eyebrows. It's amazing. Yeah. And then straight to the ambulance. It's as funny a comedy cut as you'll ever see. On The Simpsons or in anything? No, in anything. It's pretty great, isn't it? And yeah. apparently they had a lot of discussions about... How beaten up can we have Millhouse before it isn't funny anymore? <laughs> yeah, that's true. There is a fine line. Because the poor kid's done nothing wrong. He's trying to help Lisa and he's just getting... He's just getting... First of all, the, the teacher points out nobody likes him. Now he's getting mm. beaten up. <laughs> yeah, he's had, a, he's had a rough run. But it was just the blood trickling out of his nose. That's all they opted for. And the ears full of gauze. It's hilarious. And that was written by... That was written by George Meyer. Yeah, right. I was going to say, glasses were pretty smashed up as well. Guess who likes you? Milhouse, I'm so sorry. He can't hear you now. We had to pack his ears with gauze. Do you think it was just one punch? Nelson's just gone full iron fist on him. <laughs> just well, this is what I've this is what I've got here. I'm like, so Nelson has just clearly beaten the shit out of Milhouse in class. Mm. No repercussions. And Lisa, not afraid. Either. No, like she hasn't. <laughs> she hasn't realised. Hang on, you're like full once for warriors. I should probably steer clear. She's just... <laughs> Nelson the mus. <laughs> <laughs> she tells Nelson that she has feelings for him, and this this was written well because this is kind of how two kids would react. Nelson doesn't know how to respond to that. At the end, they have him point out why he went along with it, and. I liked that it just felt real. His response was because you're the first person who ever felt there could have been a good guy inside of me. Yeah. That was, that was well, well written. Yeah, it was well written. And it makes sense. Cut back to Homer. And he is so excited to get home from work. I'm assuming he's getting home from work because he wouldn't have given up his job to do this. And he has received $2. And it, of course, it is from the two old people. <laughs> it's, it's, so ex- it's so much fun how excited he is to get out of the car. He's still... <laughs> <laughs> It's like when you've ordered something off eBay 
and you know it's arrived that day because you got the text message saying your yes. package has been delivered to your doorstep. <laughs> yeah. Or for me, it's often a case of your package has been left at Australia Post in, you know, um, neighbouring suburb. And it's that race against the clock to get there before Australia Post closes. And same you, you pretend to be yeah. sick at work so you can get leave work early and get there in time. <laughs> no, I've never done that, but I have, uh, I have invented some speed limits along the way. Just... <laughs> Going colorblind. <laughs> Red is green, right? <laughs> Red means go. Yes, of course. Lisa, uh, Nelson is then at Lisa's house. She's invited him over. And this here too. We've all had this moment. I believe you. I don't care. But <laughs> <laughs> somebody's just trying to show you something and it's just not working for him. It's like, I really don't give a shit. I believe you. <laughs> Can we yeah. just move on from this? Just pretend it never happened. Bart walks in. Mentioned at the start, he's scared. Makes absolutely no sense, but whatever. Uh, he then tries to beg, or he tries to inform Lisa, like, what are you doing? You don't want to do this. That's Nelson Muntz. They needed him to respond that way for the story, I guess, but it still seemed kind of odd. But then mm. Lisa begs, but please don't ruin this for me. I-, I like this guy. Yeah. We then get back to the auto dialer plot, and as it's making its way through Springfield, it, it finally dials Professor Frink. Uh, I love mm. that he's playing chess against hit- hit a robotic arm. Just his... Pawns can't move that way, you stupid arm. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of Doogie Howser in, in uh, fuck, what, what was it? Um, Starship Troopers. Oh, uh, what, what's he doing? Doogie Howser. That's nowhere near. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. Is, is that even his name though? Doogie Howser? Doogie Howser was who he played. Oh, it was Doogie Howser MD? Yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just call him, yeah. I just call, I call him Doogie Howser. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. But he, wasn't he playing, or was it was it Johnny Rico playing against a robot, the cards or something, something with a robotic? Uh, it might have been that. I don't, I don't remember Doogie playing against robots. He was mostly just shooting bugs in labs. That's true. No, shoving things into their face. Poor brain bug. Yeah. <laughs> that scene horrified me as a child. Really, that whole movie horrified me. The shower scene horrified me as a child. Oh, no way. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the the nudity was not the pristine nudity that I'd come to expect from Hollywood. There was some, there was some sort of like more seventies realism nudity about it, and it was a little confronting. The best part, <laughs> I know what you mean. The best part about it was it was just so unnecessary. It was just like the director's like, I want to see all yeah. of this talent naked. Put them in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> There was no need to have them in the shower at all. <laughs> yeah, like this, the script, the original script just had interior, day, a conversation takes yes. place. And the director has gone, interior, day, shower. Oh, they, they all rocked up and he was like, oh, <laughs> shower scene. <laughs> Still a fantastic movie. We need to do something on Starship Troopers one day. Yeah. I love that movie. It's so great. I watched it recently. It still holds up today. Yeah, it's like, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Like, uh, I, I know that this is supposed to be our wrap, but we're going to have to do some reshoots. Um, the shower scene. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we already did that scene 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Oh, man. We, we, let's do an audio commentary of Starship Troopers. Just the shower scene. <laughs> over and over again. It's <laughs> <laughs> just the shower scene. <laughs> just be uh, what is it the dude in stripes i think who is just yes. perving on the uh like, oh mm, oh, God, oh i wish i was a loofah like revenge of the nerd style <laughs> oh no <laughs> that, that that ends badly 
<laughs> it certainly does. <laughs> it's amazing how much uh, how much leering and you know basic sexual assault there was in eighties comedies. Well, I feel like comedies now they lack that aspect. Not that you're saying, not I'm saying that I want nudity in my comedies, but you knew that when you were getting an eighties or a nineties movie, like say early to mid nineties. Mm. Uh, video from the video shop. You knew you were going to see some nudity if it was a the most the most amazingly gratuitous one ever is in Flying High when it's announced that the pilots are unconscious and everyone back like all the passengers start to panic and as they're all screaming and running around, someone's just completely topless. You don't even see their face, but they just run across the screen. They pause. They sort of jiggle up and down a little bit, and then they run off screen. <laughs> just, just no need for it, but why not? Let's just get some boo. No need for it. Camera. It's not explained. It's not referenced. It's just nudity. <laughs> <laughs> Every good comedy needs it. Yeah, it does. Um, and I will I'd point out that I'm not being sexist in saying this because I'm equally happy with funny male nudity. Like Jason Siegel cock out in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. That's I had the fine, same thing it. in my mind. And I think I think that was one of the first times I remember a comedy having male nudity. I think that's why it's stuck in your head. Because I was like, yeah. oh, I'm not used to seeing... Willie. In Sideways. <laughs> in Sideways, there's a fantastic scene where a character gets chased out of a house by a naked man, um, a, a very sort of typical truck driver, schlubby naked man, just schlong, flapping off each thigh as he runs. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's so funny to watch. Like, like penises are just funny in motion. I was going to say, a still penis is a little bit creepy and awkward, but a moving penis... That's comic gold. <laughs> it's, okay, it's okay to laugh at and watch, but if it's just a man standing there with no clothes on, like Jake, like Seagull was in the film, you're like, hmm, "Am I supposed to be looking at this?" <laughs> yeah. I think uh, was it that movie? I don't remember. I'm sure I've heard Seth Rogen describe a penis in a movie as being like uh, the Mona Lisa. No matter where you are in the room, it's looking at you. <laughs> I guess that's true. Or what about Fight Club? They had a big dick at the end. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, or Boogie Nights. Yes, but that wasn't real, though. No, that's true. Uh, Mark Wahlberg would like to... He would have been dining out on that for a while. Oh, yeah, you'll claim that's real, <laughs> as yeah. you would. Is that is that real? Well, let's go find out. I wouldn't have taken that prosthetic off for a while. <laughs> the, the props guy. Like, that. that's an amazing scene if you were doing a... A, a biopic of Mark Wahlberg's life, there would be a scene where there's the dude packing up all the props from Boogie Nights and in the final case, it's like a, like picture a camera case and there's cutouts and he puts like some shoes in there and they've perfectly got a slot and then he puts some glasses in there and they've perfectly got a slot and then there's just this empty cutout in the exact shape of a dick <laughs> and he can't find it anywhere <laughs> as what as this car screeches and Wahlberg just goes flying out of the lot. <laughs> Where do you reckon that, that prosthetic is right now? Do you reckon Wahlberg kept it? Sure, I reckon he would have kept it. Uh, if not him, the director. Or Someone's kept it. it uh, it's possibly even being buried with Burt Reynolds last week. Yeah. <laughs> Get that into my will. I, I want <laughs> to go down with the cod piece. I want Wahlberg Willy. <laughs> oh, man, we're way off track. Let's get back to it. <laughs> we may so, even need to skip a little bit just to make up for time. Yeah. <laughs> So, okay, so, all right. so uh, he's called, he calls the auto dialer and it's Frank. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yes. It, was my, it was my fault yeah. so I brought up Doogie Hauser. <laughs> we somehow <laughs> went from Doogie Hauser to Wahlberg Willie. I don't know how we got there, but we got there. 
He tries the wheels, home pulls them all off. Lisa then hmm. goes to Nelson's house. This is one of the funnier moments in the episode when it comes to the Lisa story. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, so first person to visit in a very long time, you just see that Nelson does not live. There's a reference to that uh, about how dad left mum because her breath smelled too good. And you just see that he's living a terrible life. Um, the yes. Nick the Whale sign, you know, got to nick something. The I, I like that Lisa is still desperate to find any shred of decency in him, though. It's like, oh, you play the guitar. Like, you know, expecting... I don't know, you're probably going to get some uh, Pete Murray or something like that. Uh, um, <laughs> but instead, joy to the world, the teacher is dead. Now, that was written by Mike Scully's daughters. That's where he got the lyrics from. Yeah, written by, or they were just singing at school? Oh, well, they gave him, they said, why don't you sing this? And they, they obviously, yeah, they didn't okay. write it, but yeah, they gave him the idea for it. Yeah. yeah. yeah did okay. you see how good was the almighty jump that Nelson did? He was standing in front of his bed. He jumps backwards. Mm. All of a sudden, he's on a shelf, which is higher than his bed, on the other side of yeah. the bed. Yeah, Nelson clearly uh, into CrossFit. Joy to the world, the teacher's dead. We barbecued her head. What happened to her body? We flushed it down the potty. And round and round it goes. And round and round it goes. I wish I could laugh at the idea of a teacher being decapitated. I know. <laughs> it's funny, huh? Hardly. Lisa is not impressed at all. And Nelson, no. he's a bit of a douchebag here. He's like, I'm going to sleep. See you later. Should have thought about how I'm getting home. Should have thought about that before you came here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just absolutely leaves her high and dry. But then it's March to the rescue, which is quite beautiful. Now, what I really loved in the scene when March does pick her up. So she has her speech about most women, most women will tell you you're a fool to change a man but those women are quitters how she's then like insists that homer is a better person lisa goes along with it and then marge follows up with a secondary mm. it's, it's like he's a completely different person oh yeah 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 mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a whole new person lisa like she, she marge knows that he's not <laughs> but, yeah. but she tells herself that he is that's the only way she can get exactly. through get through life <laughs> yeah i think that's probably a shockingly high percentage of wives that have to do that. Oh, yeah. it's And it's sad because, like you said, that is true. It definitely would happen. Mm. Lisa then thinks that she can change Nelson by making him wear new clothes because it worked for her when she went to a uh, little quags motor port, like, whatever it was. You know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so, gets him an outfit that highlights his sweet and sensitive side. Um, and then this is when they go up to the observatory, look out at yes. Springfield. In the middle of the night. She's going on and on and on, and Nelson decides to kiss her just to shut her up, but he realizes at that point, hey, this isn't so bad. Yeah. So they're both experiencing their first kiss. I'm assuming it's Nelson's first kiss as well. I don't actually say that, but... Given yeah. that he said, this isn't so bad, it would make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah ex- exactly, yeah. We come back, Nelson has realized that he likes it. I do like the little animation of when she's saying, you know, you are a good guy, and you just need to find your softer side. He sort of blushes a little bit. Yeah, true. Um... Yeah, it's it's a like they do have some nice moments to make Nelson be a little bit rounded and not an entire knob. This line here is hilarious. I don't care if it's politically incorrect. The that is so gay. And, and I mean the joke in that, like yeah, like gay gets thrown around as an insult. It shouldn't be, but the joke in that is that it's the complete opposite of such. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lisa then arcs up and calls him a crumb bum and forces Le- uh, 
Nelson to have to stand up to his mates when he really doesn't want to, but a girl has now shown interest in him and the girl is starting to win him over. And the, the bullies don't like this, do they? Uh, no, they don't, which is kind of, uh, I guess, understandable at that age that, you know, the, their whole thing is that they can't be controlled by anyone, I suppose. So when that gets challenged, they're not very, like, obviously they're not going to be receptive to it. And they're certainly not going to be receptive to the idea of, well, well, no, you're our friend. What are you doing hanging out with her? And what's she doing talking back to us? You kind of get the feeling that Nelson is torn in between two worlds because the three main bullies, Jimbo, Dolphin, who's it, Kearney? Is he the other one? Yeah. yeah. They, uh, they're they just bad. They're just bad people. They don't have any positive qualities at all. Nelson does have positive qualities. We've seen him hanging out with Bart and stuff in, in the past and he has shown a softer side. So he he's sort of like he is a bully, but he's also not because when the series first started, he was the bully. You know, Bart the general, he was the one beating the shit out of Bart. He was just an evil, evil child. Mm. Where now... It's like he doesn't know where he sits. Whether that's just the way they've written him or whether that's what the way they want the character to be, I'm not too sure. Maybe it's just they write him as however they need him to be for the story, I guess. Maybe he's just become that character. There's there's a lot of characters in The Simpsons that are like that. They'll just, their characteristics will suit the mood that they need. Whether it's their intelligence or their beliefs or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So what are, what are the bullies doing anyway? They ask him to come, oh, throw the old coleslaw. Throw, yeah, house. throw some old coleslaw at Skinner's house. Uh, I mean, that's Classic. a... Yeah, <laughs> classic prank behaviour as a teenager. Did you well, did you ever put dog shit into a bag and throw it out of house? No, I never did that. I I probably did some knick knocking when I was younger. Well, rocking a roof. <laughs> yeah, rocking a roof. I would have done that once or twice. I'm not sure if knick knocking is if that's a universal term, but that's you know you knock on the door, run away, run for your life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and the people watch you at their front window, running out of the front yard. Like they know where you are. Yes, but that's why rocking a roof's better because, and you find the tin roofs that are on an angle, so you, yeah, you throw yeah. it right at the top. The best ones are when it lands, it bounces up to the top, and then mm. rolls all the way back down to the gutter. Yeah, <laughs> your neighbours took that a step further when they just decided to put a couch on your roof. Oh, mate! No, it wasn't a ch- it wasn't a couch. It was just deck chairs, but still, <laughs> they they rocked out on my roof. <laughs> what happens next? He's pretty much turned the bullies down, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, pretty much, and decides to, you know... Well, you you think that this is the turning point, that he's going to stick with Lisa. I really enjoy how um, contentedly and happily Lisa sits off in the background, by the way. just a, It's a small character moment, but she's just eating her fig bar, happy that her man is going to choose her. Then we get the auto-dialer calling Flanders. I'm just going to play this clip because we just can't do it justice. Haddly diddly. Greetings, friend. Do you wish to look... Ugh, it was that darn recording again. Of course it was. It's been calling all night. Just unplug the phone. Howdy do- Greetings, friend. Bang! I told you to unplug the phone. But it could be my mother. Howdy- friend. Shoot! That is it, Ned. If you don't unplug that phone right now, you're sleeping on the lawn. Will you two shut up? People are trying to sleep! That is, I, I, as we said, that is... Favourite moment of the episode, it's, or it's our top two at the very least in the episode. I just love how oblivious Homer is to the fact that he's causing the concern. <laughs> <laughs> the bullies are then throwing all of the coleslaw at Skinner's house. Great barrier reef, we're under attack. Like, uh, like he's back at the war. Nelson rocks yeah. up again. Great payout here because your mum had a three-month waiting list. Yeah, I, I did... Uh... 
Your mama jokes were the height of comedy when oh, you were... Like, all boys go through a period where your mama jokes are just the ultimate insult. But it's not so much this, because this was pretty full-on for a 10-year-old to say. It was, your mama's so fat. That's the joke you've got to say. Yeah, true. Your mum had a three-month waiting list is probably a little bit more uh, adult, but still. That, that, a, that, that's worth adult, getting the shit kicked out of you for. <laughs> yeah. Adult suits these guys, though. Like, that would be the level of humour that they should be operating on. Then Skinner's looking at the window, references the crumb bum again. You little crumb bums. <laughs> and then they moon him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, you wouldn't be... They're not allowed to have anymore. They're not allowed to have bare ass on TV anymore. Really? Yeah. On any TV? Allowed, maybe it's just the UK. It's one of... It's it's either UK say, or, or America as well, because, but they don't, they're not allowed to have the Simpsons I, mooning people anymore. I was going to say, because without bare ass, Russell Coit would run for about 10 minutes an episode like uh, in 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 australia a lot of comedy is bare-ass comedy how great is agnes's scream when she looks don't look out the window it's blood curdling it's just yes it is hits you hits you in the spine the police then arrive and the bullies all bail in all directions Mm -hmm. and this here so the kids run away the cops rock up at the same time like how would they not have caught them (laughs) they're like the cops from free willy Ah, of course yeah Nelson then goes to the Simpsons house looking for help. Goes to Homer's window first. Loses it the next window. <laughs> <laughs> Tells Flanders to shut up once again. And they use that little joke of him telling Flanders to shut up once again to cut out the need to have to hear Nelson explain to Lisa what's going on. Just cuts to yeah. him saying, and now they're out to get me. So Lisa says, come, come on, meet me at the back door. I'll help you out. Mm-hmm. The cops then break in and you think they're shooting Nelson. But no, they're shooting the auto Shooting the auto dialer. Seven times. Seven. <laughs> I really like like then we can go on and you know another towns the chief of police doesn't him go out on calls like this just Ed and Lou with that oh yeah no oh, we appreciate you chief <laughs> yeah but we can have blessings yes <laughs> <laughs> then Nelson is looking at Skinner through the what are those things called uh well binoculars just sort of pay for binoculars just just pay binoculars I thought they had like a specific title those things they probably do um sir but he slips up here doesn't he. I think they're giving up. Thanks for helping me out. You're a stand-up babe. Hey, check it out. Skinner's mopping the goo off his house. Wait till he finds what I left in his bird bath. No! I thought you weren't there. Huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, I guess I was. You lied to me. No. There, you did it again. All right, all right, I lied. I'm sorry. Let's kiss. No, you don't understand, Nelson. A kiss doesn't mean anything if it's dishonest. Um, there's a niceness to it. And he tries to backtrack because he loves hanging out with Lisa, but he just, he can't let that go. He can't let that side of him go. He wants Lisa, but he also, he wants best of both worlds, I guess you can say, but he can't. Lisa needs him 100% being a good guy or nothing, basically. I was foolish to think I'd actually changed you. Maybe I was seeing things in you that weren't really there. Definitely. Then why did you want to be with me? Mm-hmm. Maybe because you were the first person that ever thought there was a nice guy inside me? Huh. Well, guess you really blew that one, huh? Well, I guess this is it. You mean, like, goodbye? Let's just call it, smell you later. I've got here, uh, the whole back and forth between them here was a bit much for an 8 and a 10 year old to be having, but it was nice to, you know, smell you later kind of thing. But yeah. anyway, 
What I did like about it, though, was I think it looks great. I love it when they draw Springfield in the morning and the sun's just coming up. Just the red tinge over it and the shadows. Mm. I thought it looked fantastic here. It really felt like the morning. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I love it. I very rarely get up early, but I love it, you know, when you you get up early at, say, like 5.30, 6 o'clock, whatever, and you're, you're out on a golf course at, like, you know, half past six and the sun's mm. just starting to come up. I love I that feeling. S- some of the best photos I've ever taken have been at that time. Uh, yeah. Golf, golf trips that we go on, particularly if you've got like that little bit of morning dew that's just being burnt off. So you yep. get that little low layer of fog in the air and a sort of piercing orange sun. Yeah, it's very cool. It's just something, yeah, a, a summer's morning, Saturday, you know, you've got the whole day ahead of you, but you're up at fucking crack of dawn, you're playing mm. golf. It looks great. It's green. Like you said, you've got the dew. It's just one of my favorite things in the world. Then it ends with... Lisa walking home and approaching Millhouse. Millhouse asks, any idea for your next crush? Lisa teases Millhouse again. Bit of a cock tease old Lisa here. And we get the freeze frame jumping to the air. It was great that he's choking his dog. It's not great that he's choking the dog, yeah, but it just looks like nice. <laughs> Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and his little bit of gut just hanging out. Yes, yeah, of course. Not by any means. It's probably, probably one of the worst episodes of the season. Not that it's bad, but it's just not funny, really. It's not funny enough. I think the autodialer really keeps this one going. If the auto-dialer story wasn't in this, I probably wouldn't go back to this episode at all, I don't think. What about you? Uh, no. Not that I would I, avoid I, it, but I would just have no need to go back and watch it because it's just not funny enough for me. Yeah, I didn't... Like I said, I, I just it doesn't grab me. And there were reasons that I wasn't... The, the, for all of the reasons that I wasn't excited, super excited to dive back into it, still stand up. Like It's not like I hated the episode by any stretch, but I was like, eh, yeah, okay, I'll have watched it. I don't need to again for a while. And I know there were some people, and I even saw them in our, in our Four Finger Discount Facebook Patreon exclusive group saying that this was one of their favorite episodes of all time. I wonder whether that's just because they've got fond memories of watching it when they were a kid and they liked it when they were a kid and they haven't gone back and watched it recently. I'm not too sure, but yeah. I can I can understand yeah. how some people might really like it, I guess, because they might like the, the way the characters feel more real. But for me, that's like you said at the start, that's not what I want when I watch The Simpsons. I don't want them to feel... Mm. Feel real, but not this real to the point where they're not funny, you know? Yeah, I, I agree. And that's, I like, I, if I was rating it, it's probably 7 out of 10. What did we learn, Palmer? All right, what did you learn from the episode, Mitch? Uh, I learned that women will respect you as long as you do everything that they ask for. <laughs> uh, is that why uh, Ash doesn't respect you? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, more than likely. <laughs> I learned that nobody likes Millhouse. Jamil! Jamail is here! Ooh! time, what have you got this week, Mitch? Uh, Kenneth Bessica writes in, and he's one that actually says that this is his favourite episode. Uh, it has one of his favourite Ned Homer moments that we've spoken about, and one of the best post-credit scenes. So the, credit, the post-credit oh, scene actually... of course, we didn't mention that, yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the auto-dialer playing out, uh, apologising uh, as mandated by the court, and still trying to s- scam people out of money. Sorry, dude. So, it's supposed to happy dude. <laughs> His question for us is, what is, besides Mother Simpson, what is your favourite ending credit scene of The Simpsons? There's one where Homer's telling people to shut up. No, no, no. He's, oh, it's, no it's a Jewish guy. It's a Jewish guy. And it ends with, don't tell me to shush, you stupid lady or something. Yeah. It's a Jewish guy talking over the top. Talking over the top of the end credits. I am going to go for Everybody Loves Ned Flanders as a little post-credit sting. Oh, yeah. Is that over yeah. the credits, though? It's, it's post-credits. That'll do. No, it wasn't. It was in you between sure the episode and the credits. Oh, okay. Well, it, it was an addendum. It was a post-credits. It, it, it was at the end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Susan Hibbert, this is, uh, she's just sent in a pretty cool photo. It's uh, called Big Daddy's Fish Fry. Uh, this is mm-hmm. it's a restaurant in Tofino in British Columbia, Canada. Uh, mm-hmm. They've they've got the flying hellfish as their logo, which is probably in violation of something. So um, don't dob them in. Just go and eat at their food if you happen to be around British Columbia. Come for the food. Stay for the freak. Stay for stay for the um, litigation. Yeah. <laughs> Brenton Hope writes in, uh, he's got a question and a my two cents and general fan appreciation, which works out really well because we've got a few minutes left before you need to go and bathe your child and this will work out as a good way to end the mailbag. Mitch and Dando, my name is Brenton, I'm from Brisbane, Queensland, and just want to tell you how much I love the show. Been listening for a bit over six months, starting from the first episode and making my way through uh, Dando, the old ones are not as bad as you think they are. Well, that's very sweet of you, Brenton. Thank you. Thank you. I actually haven't gone back uh, and listened to them since we did them. So they probably actually, aren't. Can I... I'm going to put Brenton's email on hold for two seconds because we got a very funny message to the uh, Facebook community from... Uh, to the um, Patreons page from uh, Jason Cannon, I believe. Did you see this? Uh, no. It was... Okay, so Jason was listening to us. Must have been on speaker or something like that. Uh, he's gone, I don't think my wife's a fan of the show. I'm currently listening to this week's podcast and she shouts, bloody hell, another Simpsons podcast episode. Let me guess, you're listening to Mitch and Drongo or whatever his name is again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny because she's not Australian, but Australians say Drongo. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I I had a real, I had a real chuckle at that. Um, Shout out to Jason's wife for getting my name correct. (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) I'll make sure I introduce myself next week as Drongo. <laughs> anyway, so uh, he listens uh, back to Brenton, listens to us from work, makes the beginning of the day so much better and caps it off or to and from work, sorry. So sort of top and tailing his work day. His wife, another wife, although doesn't uh, particularly appreciate The Simpsons as much as as he does, finds us entertaining when he forces her to listen to it, her us in the car. Um, I'd like to think Thank that you, wife. <laughs> she gets in, the podcast goes on, she reaches for the door handle, the lock's just shut. <laughs> for the next 80 minutes, you're mine. If you don't behave, I'm going to put that fucking four-finger discount on and you're going to be <laughs> listening to it for hours. It puts the earpods in its ears or it gets the hose again. Continue. You guys talk about quotes from The Simpsons that we use in real life. He frequently uses Ahoy Hoy when he answers the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh we're in the itchy lot, which is a, a big one for you. That's a and big to tell, one, yeah. Uh, to tell the marketers, you'll have to speak up on wearing a towel. <laughs> ah, nice. Yes. <laughs> which often often results in a quick hang-up from them. Is it true that they have to confirm that you're 18? So, if you say to them, I'm not 18, they have to legally hang up? Yeah, probably. Because I don't see that they'd have any other way to get around checking that. Yeah. Brenton's question is, what quotes do we use from other shows or movies in everyday scenarios? So... Uh, what's, instead of saying neck minute like most people do, I say three hours later, which is used in SpongeBob SquarePants whenever they jump ahead in time. No one knows where it's from, but they get a kick out of it nonetheless. I, I've been dropping Omar Cummin a lot into conversations mm. um, after watching The Wire or a simple, the fuck that I do from McNulty. Yeah. Uh, and I enjoy quoting The Wire because no one ever picks up on it. I, <laughs> I mean, this is hardly an everyday situation, but if something goes wrong in your life, I like to go full Al Pacino instead of a woman. If I was half the man I was 30 years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. Which, which of course, is funny because I was a child then. (laughs) So He tells me to burn things. (laughs) I, um, I 
always, if someone says the word shit, I always just go, shit. It just comes out. <laughs> oh, well, I give it the, if someone says shit, uh, it, I like to give it the Forrest Gump. It happens. <laughs> what, shit? Sometimes. It's just, <laughs> it's perfect. Um, Apollo 13, I feel like Apollo 13 is a much more quotable movie than anyone Houston, gives. we have a problem. Well, not just Houston, we have a problem. It's all the quotes that are within that, that they never talk about enough. The, um, like, we got to figure out a way to make this fit into this using nothing but that. Yeah. Like, for for any problem solving, that's a really good one to be able to put in there. I thought you were going to make a sex joke there with you and Ash. No, 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 no. Uh, if someone <laughs> is, like, maybe looking for a power cord or something like that, or, or they've got the wrong size battery, the old... You can't run a vacuum cleaner on 12 amps, John. I often quote, have you ever seen the blooper of uh, Jerry Stiller when he goes, what the hell does that mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I say that all the time. <laughs> you saying you want a piece of me? Uh, my favorite, <laughs> sorry, my final one from Apollo 13 is if anyone is ever trashing your car, you give it the, hey, this piece of shit's got to get you home, Jack. Oh, uh, yeah, well, there's a few quotes. I hope that was enough. Mm. Funny How is also very good to pull out from Goodfellas if you ever want to really upset someone. I feel like that would be a good question to ask Mr. Guy Davis. I reckon he'd have some rippers. Yeah, definitely. Uh, his My Two Cents story involves his uncle before he retired. Uh, to save money at home, he... Oh, dear. I don't like where this is at. He would wait to go to the bathroom to do number two until he got to work so he could save money at home on toilet paper. Oh, jeepers. Times he, are tough there. Apparently, once nearly shit himself on the way to work on the train because he hadn't relieved himself beforehand. How? He's given it the no. I can make it. I can make it. Oh God. Oh, How? I've overcommitted. How hard was your life, sir? Well, you couldn't afford four pieces of toilet paper to clean yourself. Not even some one ply. Just get a get a hose in there. Get up a day. Yeah, just. Just just get a tea towel of some kind. Bit of water. Yeah, or just pay a homeless person to tongue you out. You've got a hand. You've got a hand. You can clean it later. Exactly. Yeah, you can deal with what that What are you stuff. wearing? A shirt? Shift shirt. Take your shirt off. You got more? Yeah. Walls? What do you think they're painted for? So they're easier to clean. What about the poor people that have to sit next to you when you shit your pants on the train? No one wants that. No, that's what's worse. Rather... What's worse, being the guy with shit in his pants on the train, or the guy next to the guy with shit in his pants on the train? Um, hmm, that's all a question of age. <laughs> it's funny. The other day, right? So speaking of this, this, is on a bit of a different topic. It was just farting, wasn't shitting. So I said, "Oh, oh, someone's dropped one," and it was it was Elliot. But Nicola immediately thought I meant Jet, and she goes, "Oh, Jet, you stink. That's gross." And I said, "No, no, Elliot did." Oh, your baby. My surprise his why did he stink? Why did you yell at Jet? Poor Jet. Yeah, that's pretty rough. <laughs> poor kid. Poor, oh, sorry, Jet. poor Jet. I, I felt so sorry for Jet. <laughs> like yeah. Jet legitimately got yelled at. Oh you oh, you stink. Oh, your baby. He's pulled his pants. I feel genuine pride when my dogs like really drop one. Like And then they sort of they, and they they're laying down and they look up, like just lift their head off the floor slightly and go. <laughs> Take that motherfucker and lay back down again. <laughs> Nothing better than when their tail wags after it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the other night in bed, because Jet still sleeps in the bed. So his head was next, essentially on my pillow. He gets up, puts his ass out of direction, let's rip, and then gets off the bed. I was like, 
He actually meant that. He that was premeditated. That was a uh, I'm going to point in that direction and then move away. <laughs> that's that's excellent. Good on him. Alrighty, you know it's a good four finger discount episode when we end up talking about shitting pants and farting. Shitting pants, farting, Dookie Hauser, and, <laughs> and we, what uh, like unnecessary shower scenes and cocks on the run. <laughs> this episode had it all. <laughs> That's why the patrons pay the big dollars so they can get to listen to this kind of stuff a week early, <laughs> isn't it, Mitch? Exactly. Oh yeah, we should probably plug that. Uh, they get that. They also get exclusive Futurama podcasts. Uh, we put up the recent one, My Three Sons. We'll be recording yeah. another one of those probably next week. Uh, Guy Davis and I are due to sit down and talk about Predator with the new Shane Black directed film on its way soon. Uh, really excited this, to see that Thursday night. We we can promise that there will be a, that podcast will be one hundred percent clear of uh, convicted sexual offenders. We can only hope so. Uh, which, which probably means we'll be able to get Olivia Munn as a guest, which would be nice. It would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> I'm sure Guy would have the connections. He probably would, actually. Yeah, should make that happen. And then we need to we'll... we need to use Guy like utilize his connections. I'm sure he's probably just got like George Clooney on speed dial. Uh, I don't know about the Clooney but it would be <laughs> the Clooney <laughs> It'd be cool if he did, but. He could just blatantly lie to them about the success of the podcast, which I like. Because it'd be like, oh, yeah, no, I've interviewed him before. He, he works for legitimate media sources. I suppose this is something I have to do. And then yes. it's, it's uh, <laughs> suddenly they rock up to your bedroom. It's like, um, guys? <laughs> what? It's, it's, it's like, your manager said you shut up. Vera said that? <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, as Mitch said, you get the uh, the Futurama podcast. You also get the Movie Guys podcast. You get... We're going to be doing a, a podcast on disenchantment once Mitch finally gets to watching some of the episodes because he still hasn't <laughs> yeah. got around to it yet. I haven't uh, you... seen a second of disenchantment and I feel like my life is not missing anything. I was actually thinking that we should do a review of disenchantment where you watch the whole season and I don't watch any of it, but I just look at some stills and I try to review it and we see how accurate my review is without having actually seen it. That... I think... Could we can do that, but we also need to do a proper discussion, I think, as well. I think the patrons deserve it. They've been, they've been craving it. They've been asking for it. We need to deliver. We, we can do that first, though, before you start watching it. But you okay. also, you get the, you get this show. You get the free show a week early. That's one of the benefits of being a $5-plus patron. Also, you get, just for $2+, plus, you get access into the exclusive Facebook group. And we've got hundreds of people in there now. And it's just like we say every week. It's fantastic just to watch everyone banter on there. It's just, it's truly it's just uplifting when I wake up every morning and just see the different conversations that our listeners are having with one another on there. Just meeting like-minded Simpsons fans. You also get access into the monthly prize giveaways. Alrighty, guys. Thank you for listening to our review of Lisa's Date with Density. Next week, we're going to be reviewing Hurricane Nettie, which is where the house, ah. uh, Flanders' house gets knocked down and he goes crazy. You ugly, hate-filled man. The psychological uh, uh, society or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Mitch, any final words for the listeners before we let them go? Goodbye, friends. You have been listening to Happy Dudes. Shh.